the second episode on Season 2 of Unsportsmanlike Conduct. I'm Cullen Logson, a sports writer here at CM Life. Joined with me is my co-host and fellow sports writer on the CM Life Sports Desk, Von Lozon. Von, how are we doing today? Oh, we are doing well. It's good to hear your uh, your voice is back and you're not sick anymore, so awesome yes, to have yes. you back. I, I, I feel good for the most part. As as most of you know, last week Von had to take over duties yep. as, the, uh, as, the lead, as the lead host, but I am back now, feeling good. Good. We're ready to get into uh, some football. First of all, we're going to talk some Lions. Um, outlook for this season, some injury woes, how they did last week. And then we're going to talk about the state of Michigan and college football that's looking so far. So let's dive on in, talk about the Lions. Um, last week at this time, we were both feeling pretty good. Um, they are coming <laughs> off a big win at Indy, a game where they rallied. And we're thinking, hey, maybe hey, maybe this is a, this is a new team because they had a huge lead. Indianapolis came back. You thought at that point it was over because they came back with 21 straight points. The Lions came back in the final drive and won. What did they do last week? They uh, they lose at home to the Tennessee Titans, 16-15, a game where they had the lead the entire time. Tennessee only had a field goal until their last two drives. Both resulted in touchdowns. Just not a good finish. Um, what are your initial thoughts after the game, Vaughn? Well, I'll give you three simple letters. S-O-L. And that stands for? Same old Lions. Same old Lions. We all know yep. that very well. That was uh, a very Lions way to lose a game. Now, I, I was covering the uh, Central Michigan <coughs> women's soccer team. A real team. A, uh, a team that actually yeah, knows how to a, win. A te- yeah, a team that finishes games. team that uh, hasn't lost yet this season. Um, the they already, uh, Lions already lost. But this is a very typical Lions way to lose a game. Um, they were winning almost the entire game. And then Marcus Mariota marches down the field like he's Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or one of those elite quarterbacks that you would think of, um, tosses a touchdown pass to Andre Johnson, of all people. I didn't even Isn't know. is he like 50? I didn't know he was still in the league. He's older than Calvin Johnson. He is. He's he's getting up there. Uh, so they toss a touchdown pass to him on fourth down. Um, I don't know if it was, was it fourth and goal? I, I didn't it, watch, it was, like, it I didn't get to see any of this. It was third 12, actually. They could have third the first down. Yes, third okay. and 12. Okay. And went straight for the touchdown. And All right. It. Well, it worked. Um, they tossed to him. Um, oh, wait. No, no. I think it was fourth down. I actually think it was okay. fourth down. Yeah. And See, that's what I thought. I and thought Whitehead was, was in position and didn't turn his head around. He could yeah, easily like knock it two down. Or, two or three guys were in the general area of Andre Johnson, <coughs> and they they weren't really able to cover it all that well, uh, seeing the result of the play. So they go up by a point. Matthew Stafford, he's been quite a clutch quarterback over the past few years. He's been able to march down the field like Mariota did last Sunday and uh, put his team in a position to win. Well, he didn't really get that same result on Sunday. He tossed an interception uh, within the final minutes of the game. Um, that really sealed it. That At that point, the Lions had nothing uh, to go for. They didn't have anything else to do. Um, but there are really two reasons why the Lions lost on Sunday. Number one, I'm not putting all the blame on the refs, but the refs did have a part in the deciding factor of the game. Oh, definitely. The Eric Ebron push-off in the back of the end zone. Bullcrap. Uh, yeah, bullcrap indeed. When uh, when Ebron caught that touchdown, it would have put him up by even more points. The Lions, uh, if everything went the same way, the Lions would have won. Uh, but they were uh, definitely being scrutinized by the refs. Uh, the refs had their way with the Lions yet again. Um, and did you hear that the the ref from the uh, Phantom Mask uh, 
penalty call from last year against the Packers is going to ref this upcoming is he? week's game. Yep. He's going to be there again. The ref oh, that called him. the uh, face mask call on uh, Devin Taylor against Aaron Rodgers in that Hail Mary game, he's going to be refing that was again. Cr- I'll give Rodgers credit for that. That was a great acting performance. He deserved it an was. Oscar for that. He he did the <laughs> he whole show. Sure I thought it was yep. initially looking at it. I did too. I actually did too. You yep. look back and you're like, wait, he only grabbed his inside of his jersey. He never touched yeah. his face mask. But so, <laughs> well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm good. We're gonna have our glad. We're gonna have our good buddy back. Yeah. So week. well. So we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll see the refing in that game. But the ref the refs did have a uh, a part mm. in the Lions losing. I'm not gonna put all the blame on on the refs because. A lot of the blame should be put on Jim Caldwell, and I yep. think that a lot of this is based off some mm. of the decisions that he had in the game. Uh, it was fourth mm. down at one point; they were at the thirty-eight or thirty-nine yard line, and he elected to punt. punt. He punted with Matt Prater, maybe the the strongest kicker in the league, well, in a dome. Right, and you so punt. there's no weather factors going on. All he has to do is kick it and just hope that he makes it. At that and point, probably, it would have been. He, a 60, 65% chance he makes that. Yeah. Uh, you got to at least take a chance of getting no. some points on the board. You know, I mean, you you drove mm. all that way down there to get nothing and just to punt. <coughs> I know Sam Martin's one of the best punters in the league, but come on. Uh, it, it, there's there's mm. no reason why you don't at least put the field goal unit out there and try to get points. You got to at least try. I'll tell you why he didn't do it. Because Jim Caldwell, part of my language, has no balls. Jim Caldwell is the least ballsy coach in the league. He's so conservative. What Jim Schwartz was, he's the complete opposite. (laughs) Because during that game, like you said, the refs had so many questionable calls. What's Caldwell's reaction? Nothing. If that was Jim Harbaugh or Jim Schwartz, they're getting in the face of the refs. You can guarantee that crap's not going to keep happening. You have to get in their face and at least do something. Even if you get a 15-yard penalty on it, at least you send a message and let them know you're not going to take that crap. If you keep allowing it to happen, they're going to keep calling it. Caldwell's acting like, oh, it's okay. It's okay. Yeah, no problem at all. We'll, We'll just... And then in the press conferences, he's like, "Well, I don't want to, you know, blame the refs or anything." But he 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 doesn't show his emotions as much he as some doesn't of those have other any coaches. Emotion. He really I'm convinced doesn't. He's he, a robot. He might be a he, robot. He could be a robot. Um, I've never seen him smile, frown, cry, it's, it's, laugh. Yeah, it's like the same face every time. Yeah, I whether swear. he's happy, his family he's could sad, die in a fire, and he would just be like, be oh, like "You oh, know what? I'm not. Well, gonna, no one's to blame for you know, this. No it's comment. Okay. No comment." <laughs> Yeah, like you just said, no I'm, I'm glad you brought up the same old Lions situation because I've developed almost a formula for this over the years. Mm-hmm. It's always a mix of the refs screwing us over a little bit. Yes. Injuries always play a factor. Some of our key players will get hurt during that, the game. That, before, was, that during was another, another reason game. why yep. they lost, too. And then the Lions not capitalizing on key plays. Yeah. Like the plays in the red zone, the plays where they don't go for the field goal, when they easily have it in range. Yep. Um. What, what, uh, Golden Tate drops like a wide open pass. Marvin oh, Jones drops two wide open passes. Bolden Stafford, had one too. St- Bolden, Stafford overthrowing a wide open player. A running back not making a key cut where he had a wide open lane in the end zone. Mm-hmm. It's just all that mixes together. And it's like you look at the game. If one of those wasn't there, they would have won. But all of it aligns perfectly for them to mm-hmm. lose by one point. Yeah. And if you look at you take away one of the penalties, you take away one of the key plays they, they missed, one of the injuries, they probably win that game. But that's the classic Lions. They allow all of it to happen to them, and they do it to themselves, and they end up losing a key game like that. And I said before that game was a must-win because that might be the worst team you play all year. You have Matt Holm. You have momentum coming off a big win at Indy, a place you probably normally wouldn't win at. And you choke to Marcus Mariota and the little dip-and-dunk offense that doesn't even pass it down the field. And a washed-up DeMarco Murray. And I can't name one player on their defense. Can you, Vaughn? I can't name... 
Parrish um, Cox or whoever it was. Yeah, well, he just was the guy the that Stafford trucked over to. Yeah, yeah, and then had the big interception late. I don't yeah. know anyone else in the defense besides that. Mm-hmm. That team has no talent. I'm sorry. Even with all the injuries, even with all the penalties, you should still beat them. It's on the Lions. I want to yeah. blame the refs, but it's on the Lions, too. It is they, on the they Lions. They played like crap. Well, they played like crap. They played like crap. The injuries kept piling up. And I think that was a must win. I agree with you. I think it was a must win. And a lot of these games uh, coming up are also must wins. Uh, they go to Lambeau Field this Sunday, which they've only won one time since 19... That's last year. Since I've fluke. been alive, which fluke. was last year. Yeah, I've only seen them win in Lambeau one time in my lifetime. Same. And it was last year. Same. Uh, odds are they probably won't win there again. No. But then... They have no chance at winning. Yeah. No chance. But a lot of their schedule at the beginning is a lot easier than down the stretch because mm-hmm. they play Chicago, which they'll mm-hmm. play twice regardless, but it's good to get a crappy team like Chicago in here early because they struggled mm-hmm. mightily on Monday Night Football, right. and they're going to be without Jay Cutler. Mm-hmm. So they get the Bears, they get the Eagles with a rookie quarterback. They get they the look Ra- good, though. They have looked good. Carson Wentz looks good. I mean, if Marcus Mariota can beat us like that, Carson Wentz can definitely Probably. beat us. But we destroyed them last year, so we just still yeah. beat them again. So then they get they have three straight <coughs> home games after the Bears because they, yep. they go to Chicago. They play the, the Philadelphia Eagles at home with a rookie QB. Then they play the Rams with essentially no quarterback. Case Keenum. Case Keenum, the pride of Houston University oh, at one point. God. And then they play the Washington Redskins who Kirk Cousins is under a lot of fire right now. Old Kirky ain't all, looking so good all the right te- now. All the teammates over after there. After that big contract. Yeah, yeah, especially after that. I think he has he, a quarterback rating of four in the end zone. He's not looking Literally good. Four. So after that, it gets into the bulk of their schedule. They go to Houston, who's undefeated Loss. right now. They go to the Vikings. Loss. That They're undefeated. They go... Uh, they come back home to play Jacksonville. They who, look horrible. They who, should win. They that look game. bad, but their offense is still explosive, man. If we lose the Titans, we can pretty much lose to anybody at this they're point. They're going to get Chris Ivory back soon, so they're going to have their backfield solidified. Win later on the year. Exactly. You know what's happen. So they play Jacksonville. They play Minnesota mm-hmm. again, and then they play Drew Brees and the Saints, and then they finish out the year with Chicago, which should be a win because Chicago's bad. Yeah. They have to. They have to go to the Giants, which That's they loss. have looked very, very good um, as a loss. of late. And then I think they have a Monday night football game against uh, the Cowboys, I I want to say. Um, um, I'm not seeing the Cowboys on this. Yeah, here we go. December 26th, which... Oh, it's cut off on my schedule. Oh, okay. is it cut off on yeah. yours? Is that the final game of the year? No, they got one more. They, they, uh, they end the year at home against Green Bay. So a lot of their... So Tough opponents are in the back end loss. of their schedule. Deck Prescott will like, go past for like 400 yards yeah, on We'll us, see what happens, honest. but they need to win a lot. Basically, my point <laughs> is they need to win a lot of these earlier games if they want to make any <laughs> any chance at the playoffs at all, which I don't know if they have any chance right now. No, they but, had a very I mean, they're only one and one. It may be overreaction, yeah. but... But they're not looking good, especially with all these injuries. Right, and I'll tell you why. The injuries are the exact reason why I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. This team already had very little depth to begin with, but they had yeah. a pretty good group of starters. But now you're without DeAndre Levy. Yep. Ziggy, who knows when those guys are coming back. Um, Kyle Van Noy, your backup linebacker, mm-hmm. is her. Now you're pretty much bringing the water boy off the bench to play the water and the towel boys to play yep. linebacker. I don't know who these guys are. Mm-hmm. They, they haven't signed anybody yet. Um, they signed a receiver. They signed Aaron Dobson. They signed Aaron, Aaron Dobson yeah. from that New was, England. Yeah, yeah, you're right, Dan Quinn. That was our biggest need right now, freaking <laughs> wide receiver. Abdullah might be out uh, for the year when you already have Zach Zenner hurt. 
So right now, Theo Riddick and Dwayne Washington, your star running backs. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Your offensive line, Taylor Decker looks mediocre. Lincoln Tomlinson looks like he has no idea what he's doing. Mm-hmm. I'm convinced he should just give up and go be a doctor like he wanted to or whatever. Just, he sucks. <laughs> that was a waste of first-round pick. Reef and um, Warford have looked decent. Swanson's been okay. I was going to say, the right side of the line has looked pretty dang good. Um, well, when your left side's that bad, it's, the left that's, side, that's, your, that's the worst side. I mean, up to this point, side. the left side only has one <laughs> full year of NFL experience right now, and that's just with Lakin Tomlinson. Right. He's, he's still a young developing player. Who knows what Taylor Decker's going to be? He, uh. he, he's been good. He's been bad. He's just been all over the place, so... I, I don't know if uh, if he's the right guy to to put at left tackle, um, but at, at least the offensive line has been able to protect Stafford for the most part because that that's the one good thing that the Lions have really done this year so far is make sure that Stafford has a clean pocket so Although he can make Tennessee, those plays. He didn't because you missed part you missed most of the game. I missed the second he half. Actually, no, in the second half he he couldn't do anything. That's really? why he threw that pick in the end is because they were yeah. right in his face. And it was sad because they were, they were bringing four every time, and they yeah. couldn't stop them. Yeah. Stafford did not have a clean pocket the whole second mm. half. The offense could not get into rhythm. It was very frustrating, all the drops and everything. The only, I'll tell you, the one guy that was a bright spot on Sunday, Eric Flippin' Ebron. He looks really good. Yeah. That one before the Stafford pick, he had like a 30-yard catch. It was like third down and 15, catches it one-handed behind his back. Another I heard off, about that. Because Stafford, another poor throw, catches one hand behind his back, goes forward, beats the linebacker for 30 mm-hmm. yards. He looked great. No drop passes so far in the <laughs> year. He looks really good. That's but of, crazy. But, of course, everyone else now is dropping passes, like Golden Tate, who never does. Marvin Jones is, who didn't do in Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing they're missing is the uh, the big jump ball receiver, something they had with Calvin where they could stretch the field. Because Marvin yeah. Jones and Golden Tate are both under six foot, or they're both under six one. So he's trying to not bomb him deep every time. They just don't have the height to do it. So um, there's a lot of flaws with this team right now. You agree? I do. So what do you think, playoffs that, or no? If you say right now, how and how confident are you in that decision percentage-wise? Uh, they won't make the playoffs. Um, they'll actually solidify another top 10 pick mm-hmm. in the NFL draft. And take uh, who? What position, at least? Oh, man. Well, <coughs> the last <coughs> five or so years, I have wanted them to take a uh, either a cornerback or a safety uh, somewhere in the secondary. They haven't done that. So I don't think it's going to be that because that's obviously what I want, and they don't accommodate to their fans' needs. Um, I think they <laughs> you're will. You're right, Bob. Your, your decision should be top priority. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, come on, Bob Quinn. What what the heck's going on? Or Bob so, Quinn. I call him Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn. I, it's, yeah, it's Bob Quinn. I don't know Bob why I've been Quinn. saying Dan Quinn. Bobby Quinn. Bobby Q. He's, he's an idiot. I think they will probably go with another running back. If if Leonard Fournette's there, <sighs> which I don't want them to do it, but if Leonard Fournette's there, they will take him. That's that's what I'm guessing. And what what do you think? And then he'll have a terrible line and run behind. Oh, yeah. It'll just be oh, a yeah. total disaster. And yeah, it'll be a awful Everyone's going to think he'll be Todd Gurley 2.0. And yeah. Just with the Lions, it's not going to work. He, he's the next Barry is where everyone's going to call him. It's just not going to be like that. A lot of people are comparing him to Adrian Peterson right now. So. They compare every physical bat to Adrian Peterson. I know. Todd Gurley, <laughs> um, Darren McFadden. Oh, um, yeah. That Trent, was a big Trent one. Trent Richardson was, the first, was like the first one. Oh, Trent Richardson's AP 2.0. Look, <laughs> come on. But Look I do, where he's I do, at now. I do think he's a great player. Another running back I like is Delvin Cook. I think maybe you could wait till round two or yeah. trade back in round one and get a guy like that. He's got that speed advantage too. But it's said when we're already talking about who the Lions are going to take in the first <laughs> round after week two. When they're one and one, they won a game. This but it's just what's happening now with the injuries and how they looked mm-hmm. against a crap Tennessee team. It's so it's so disappointing. It's same old Lions. Same old Lions. Well, it, it's typical Lions talk to uh, to discuss the NFL draft when. Mm-hmm. 
they had such a bad loss last week, and then they're going to Lambeau Field, where they've only won once since 1991 <laughs> or 92 or whatever it was. So yep. I mean, it's a typical conversation. A Aaron Rodgers is pissed after last week. He's going to torch them like he always does, especially yep. how bad our secondary is. Put that L on the board right now. Yep. If Marcus Mariota can lead, can lead Tennessee down the down the field two straight drives, Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers is going to tear you up in Green Bay. Yep, it's going to happen. With all the injuries and everything. Okay, so moving on to some teams in Michigan that are actually pretty good. All right. College football, if you look at all the D1 teams in Michigan right now, I think they have a combined 11-1 record. It's a very impressive Michigan 3-0, State 2-0, Western 3-0. CMU, Our fire Chippewas, up, fire up chips. And then the Eastern Michigan Eagles, who have been pretty much the joke of college football the last decade, are even two and one. Yeah, they've only. What is going on one. right now, Vaughn? What's going on with all these teams? Man, I, I don't, I don't understand. It's, it's awesome. I, but at the same point, <laughs> it just blows my mind. It is awesome. It, it, it is, it is very, very awesome that all these Michigan teams are, are getting recognition, especially CMU and Western, who are getting AP. Uh, votes to get into the AP top 25. Crazy. Which is awesome, in my opinion. So maybe by the time that CMU and Western face off, they they could both be 4-0. Maybe they'll be on the cusp of getting in that top 25. Because I think as of now they're they're both in the in the 30s like mid 30s. Yeah, yeah, they're both right there. So, I think the winner of that game might jump up to get yeah, a ranking. They could definitely be in the top 25 by the end of That's that. Very impressive. Um, CMU hasn't been ranked since 09, by the way, since Dan Lefevre Dan days. Dan Lefevre. Crazy. Uh, good times, man. Dan Lefever. Yeah, but uh yeah. but yeah, it, it is just awesome how well these teams are doing. Now, as we established last week, we're both U of M guys. Yep. So Michigan State, they I, I don't like talking well about them, but uh they have done very, very good so far. Uh they yeah. they they beat a weak opponent in Furman, but barely. then they barely beat Furman, but then they went to South Bend and absolutely pounded the Notre Dame fighting Irish. Four three quarters. And then the fourth quarter nearly the f- blew it. They almost blew it in the fourth quarter. I I, I had memories of Mike Valeni's rant from 06 in the oh, back yeah, of my was, mind. Or 07 or whatever year that was. Yeah, For being I, honest, I was hoping Notre Dame was going to come back and win. I, I, I kind of wanted to see them come back and win just because I think it would have been an interesting story. And uh, I, I still really didn't learn a whole lot about either team. I think Notre Dame is just average. They're just not that good. We'll see what happens. And they're coaching. I mean, their defensive coordinator is garbage. Oh, yeah. That's what we've learned. If Texas that, can that put is, up 50 yeah. on you, you're garbage. And and Brian Kelly went on a huge rant on him during the game. Was in his face yeah. going off. Yeah, we may see him uh, get the plug pulled in a couple weeks if yeah. it continues to be like that. But, yeah, all these Michigan teams are doing good. Mm-hmm. U of M's obviously doing good. They play uh, mm-hmm. Penn State this weekend. I'll be yep. at that game, the oh, big house. Yeah. Oh, yep, cool, I'll be man. there. Three uh, thirty kick. Yeah, me and my dad are going, so that'll be cool. Um, this should, Michigan, be a, should be a beat down. Notre Dame should got, be. I mean, Penn State's got nothing. Penn State's offensive line is very bad. Their defense has not improved since last season. They lost their senior quarterback uh, Christian Hackenberg, and even he kind of sucked. And yeah, he Sorley's even worse. He had, he had a pretty I don't mediocre. Know about this yeah, he. Yeah, I, I I know nothing about him either. So so we'll see how they mm. do. Michigan State plays Wisconsin. Uh, this upcoming weekend, that's another game. huge game for, for the Spartans. Um, is that at East Lansing? Yeah, of course it is. That's in East Lansing? They get all their tough opponents at home this year. <laughs> Wisconsin, <laughs> Michigan, Ohio State all come to good, Michigan State Good, good, good. Well, they did have to go to U of M. They had to go to Ohio State last year. They did. They which did. they ended up winning all those games. They so did. You, you got so to give miracle. them some credit. By some miracle. 
Yeah, it's always, miracle. That's what frustrates me about <laughs> Michigan State is I feel like they're just not that fun to watch, but they always find a way to win a game. That's the thing. They aren't a fun team to watch at all, There's but, they, it out. but they are so disciplined because Mark D'Antonio mm. is just that kind of coach. He's the kind of coach where he doesn't mm. want any antics on the field or off the field. He just wants to or get smiles. He doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't no want. Yeah, he's like Nick. Sa- he's like Nick Saban. He's he's very similar to Nick Saban. He just wants True. the job done. They get those W's on the board. That's all that matters. And they've they've mm-hmm. led a pretty successful program over the past eight or so years. So I, kudos to Mark D'Antonio. Maybe we'll uh, we'll we'll see a difference this weekend, but I I think uh, I think Michigan State's going to pull off that win against they Wisconsin. Will. I think Wisconsin's a little overrated right now. They beat LSU team too. that was so one dimensional. I think yeah. most te- I think a lot of teams. With LSU solid was one defense so overrated this season. They were they have no quarterback. She knew every yeah. play what they were going to do. Weren't they like number five in the, the, the country? They were. That's Let's ridiculous them for, the, for the playoffs. That's ridiculous. No way. That's ridiculous. without a quarterback. All you had to do was stack the box against them and stop Leonard mm-hmm. Fournette. That's all you had to do. And Wisconsin is yeah. a good physical team. What, what I love about the Michigan State-Wisconsin matchup is they're both so similar. They are they're very both just similar teams. downhill, big offensive linemen, gritty, tough. It's not flashy. Yep. You're not going to see a ton of yards on the board. You're going to see a grinded-out game. And I think State took what Wisconsin did a few years ago, Brett, Miele, Brett Bielema. Yep. How, how do you say his name? Bielema. Yeah, and they like excelled that. And they are like they pretty much became the better version of Wisconsin. Yeah. Wisconsin's looking good so far. State, I still don't have a ton of faith in Tyler O'Connor. So we'll see what he can do against mm-hmm. a good defense this week. Um, L.J. Scott, I think, is a really good running back. He's a very good going running back. Going up against Corey Clement and also a really good running back. Yeah. That's going to be fun to watch. That is going to be I'm fun to watch. They'll stay at home. Yep. You know they'll find some way to win. They'll get a, you know, <laughs> they Wisconsin, always do. Wisconsin will have like a punt fumble. They'll muff a punt late in the game. Yep. State will get a last-second field goal. They always, find, they always have luck on their side. But well, it's because yeah. they're a good discipline team. They are they very find good discipline like, You find fortunate uh, plays like that. Yep. Look on the other side, Michigan. They're going to pound Penn State. I'm really looking forward to that Michigan Michigan State matchup. In just it's going to be a, month. a good matchup. I think man. they're both going to be undefeated. You're you going to see so. two top five teams going at it. Oh, maybe the man. biggest game ever, and it's, it's in the history be, of this rivalry. It at least, yeah, yeah. Gonna, and it's going to be a shootout in East Lansing. I think, I think they have a good shot mm. at doing that. Um, mm. What what week do they play each other? Do you know by chance? I'm not sure off the top of my head. Let's look. I think this it's up. right after Real. Michigan plays Illinois. I believe. After they play, okay. So I think so. The it's, U of oh, it's week eight. It's week eight. It is after they play Illinois. So it's October 29th. So in order to get undefeated up to Michigan State week, they'll have to win this week uh, at home against Penn State. And then the win. following week, yeah, it should be a win. The following week, they'll come home uh, to finish their five-game homestand to start the season. Uh, against Wisconsin, the same Games. Wisconsin team that is going to play at Michigan Games State. It scares me a little bit. See, it scares me a little bit too, just because they're like just basically everything you said. They're very similar to Michigan State style of play, um, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, and then they, this is going to be the biggest blowout of mm. the history of college football. Rutgers. The, Rutgers. Rutgers oh, is yeah. such an awful team. You know that, that, that's a discussion for. Well, and they've just been poking the bear at Jim Harbaugh oh, forever now. Oh yeah, they're asking for a beatdown. Yep, their fan base and coaches have been talking so much smack about Michigan. Mm-hmm. They're they're asking for a beatdown. They are asking I'm for it. I'm like 58 to seven in that game. At Rutgers. Oh man, it it's going to be a good one. They almost so, lost. To, they were down 14 nothing to Howard. They were weeks ago. With, I don't know who Howard bad. is. That's a name. That's a guy's first name. <laughs> I, don't, I never. I didn't know that was a Division one football. Me team. and my dad for. For fun, we just do the uh, we pick spreads uh, for college football for the Big Ten matchups, and uh, the last two or three weeks or so, he uh, he's picked Rutgers in every game, and 
I have won, I think, two of those three. I think Rutgers barely pulled off the one um, the previous week. I think it was against Howard was the one that he picked Rutgers. Because Rutgers was favored in that game heavily. It was like 20-some points or something, 20 or 30-some yeah. points. But anyways, so they go to Rutgers. Then they'll come back home to play Illinois, which I'll be at that game too. That's my brother's birthday that day. Oh, cool. Yeah. And then uh, they will take a trip to East Lansing. So I think they do have a legitimate chance to be undefeated. As long as they beat uh, Penn State and Wisconsin these next couple weeks, I think they will be undefeated by the time that they go to East Lansing. And let's take a look at Michigan State's schedule real quick. So they play, obviously, Wisconsin this week. They go to Indiana the week after, which that should be a win. Yep. And then they have an out-of-conference matchup at home against BYU, which that should be a win. Yep. And then they have home against Northwestern, which they lost to Western Michigan. So And Illinois State. And Illinois State. So That's if the, they lost to those teams. Well, and they beat Duke last week, which is really weird. Yeah. Northwestern yeah. sucks. <laughs> That's Michigan the best. State will beat that. That's ever. the best way to put it. So then Northwestern, and then Maryland, and then U of M. So I think I think you are right. They do have mm-hmm. a very solid chance of both being undefeated by the time that's they play. That's crazy. They could both be undefeated in their matchup. CMU and Western CMU will and probably Western. be both undefeated That's what I'm in their saying, matchup. man. It's a great year for college football in the state of Michigan. Real quick, um, your winner for CMU Western as of right now. I am going to go, unfortunately, with Western because oh, I am uh, I'm not optimistic ever in any of my predictions. Mm-hmm. That's just the way I am. That way, if CMU pulls off the win, then I'm happy that I'm wrong. So I'm going to go Western by uh, two touchdowns. I think it'll be a 14-point game. You're just like Vince Vaughn in dodgeball. Like He doesn't have any expectations. <laughs> that way he's never disappointed. That's right. That, oh, that's seriously how, that's, that's how I base so off I my predictions. It's an interesting way to look at life, Vaughn. Okay, well, to wrap up the show, uh, give me your stud and dud. I'll start with my dud first, Colin. My dud is Adrian Peterson which is a huge blow to the Vikings offense because mm-hmm. he's going to be out for a long, long, long mm-hmm. time. He tore yep. his meniscus in Sunday night's game against Green Bay. So they're going to have to roll a Jarek McKinnon. It's a shame that, that he uh, he tore it. He was bound to have a, a really, really good season again. But he was contemplating retiring before the season started, so I, I don't know if this is going to bring any thoughts back to his mind as to whether he should quit now. Uh, while he has most of his health intact, because he's never really been that injury prone of a running back in his career, surprisingly, which the way yeah, he plays. yeah, which is very very surprising. Um, so he is my dud, which again it sucks, but it happens. My stud for this week, I think, is going to be uh, Big Poppy David Ortiz, which I, I don't typically like to give a lot of kudos to David Ortiz because I I just have never liked him. He's been a Tiger killer for his entire career. Um, I just wanted to bring some baseball into this discussion. You know, baseball. Yeah, you just had to bring baseball. Yeah, I love shit. baseball. Nobody cares about baseball. Right I now. love baseball, man. But he. But the reason I bring him up is because he broke a record, and he broke most the, steroids uh, ingested in one day. Well, he could have done that, but he broke oh. the record for most final season home runs in the history of the MLB. Oh, that was my second guess behind this. Yeah, 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 obviously. I mean. He's been a beast all season. He hit his 36 bomb last night against Baltimore, which uh, which helped the Red Sox beat the Orioles. Thankfully for the Tigers, because they are vying for that second wild card spot and they are competing with the Orioles. So it's a win-win. Big Poppy gets his recognition. The Tigers get close to the playoffs. 
David Ortiz is my stud for the week. I agree. David Ortiz is probably having his best season ever in his final year. It's arguable, yeah. You, you I have can a feeling argue he that. might come back. I just have a small feeling he you might. You think? He might. He might. Okay. Moving on to my stud, I got. I think a guy who's been even better this past, maybe the past couple weeks, Jabril Peppers. Jabril. Your boy, Breezy, number five mm-hmm. for Michigan. It's a good pick. Just been killing on defense. I mean, Mel Kuyper said it best before last week. He's been, he had him uh, his top player on his big board so far through the year. The move to linebacker has just been great for him. Mm-hmm. He leads the nation in tackles for loss right now. I think he has, what, 11 or like nine and a half? He's been like killing that. the game. He had a big sack last week. He finally got a punt return. He's been so close for so long. And I think between punt return, kick return, and offensive yards, he had almost 200 yards, 200 all-purpose yards last week. On defense, he's a one-man wrecking crew. And you add in everything else he does on offense and special teams, mm-hmm. most diverse player in college very, football. very, very versatile. So, and so Such a good player. He's the MVP so far for that Wolverine squad. I think he's finally silenced all the critics in the offseason. You go on every article about Michigan, it's Jabril Peppers is overrated and he doesn't oh, yeah. have a career interception. Who oh, cares? Yeah. Get, get rid of the interception argument. He does literally everything doesn't else. Doesn't matter. Who cares? Moving to my dud, a guy we talked about earlier, um, Jim No Balls Caldwell, as I'm going to start referring to him from now on. Mr. Robot himself. Mr. Robot. Just a bad calls. I mean, you have Prater inside a dome. Kick a 40-yard field goal. Kick a 50-yard, maybe even 60-yard if you have to. Mm-hmm. Do what you got to do to win games because you allowed that to happen to your team. Yep. Just the not getting in the ref's face, um, just allowing that meltdown to happen and him having a just a plain Jane face the whole time, I'm not okay with that. I almost prefer the Jim Schwartz way of doing things when he freaked out too much because at least he had emotion. At least he yeah, cared. He cared. If I'm a player on the Lions, why do you want to? Pl- how, how do you play for a guy? How do you put your, stick your neck out for a guy who I don't doesn't know, even back man. you up like that? He's he's horrible. I hope he gets fired sooner rather than later. He will be fired by season's mm-hmm. end or shortly after the season. Bold there it predict- is. Mark, mark it on your calendar. Prediction. We both, we both agree on that. Put it on the board. <laughs> well, thanks for listening to another episode of Unsportsmanlike Conduct, brought to you by Central Michigan Life. In print Mondays and Thursdays, online all the time. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time.